0: God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer.
1: My administration will be focused on three very important words, jobs,
2: jobs,
0: jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentle man. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family
3: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, this thing about the Supreme Court is uh, interesting because it really is about—it is an attack on religion. Um, it's an attack on Christianity and the—you know, what really started our country off— uh, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, everything that we have uh, put together and has made our country great, came from what our founding doc, uh, fathers' documents, you know, were all about. And that was based on judeo Christian uh, Christian values. Uh, it's instilled in in everything that's written in the uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights. It's uh, it's a doc, and that what they're doing is they're trying to chip away at it. So this whole thing about the attack on the Supreme Court, which is the defender of the Constitution, is just that. It's an uh, attack on religion. This attack on Christians. They're trying to make this a spiritual war. This is not to do, this has very little to do with Roe, or Roe v. Wade. This has a lot to do with an attack on Christians because we've been saying for the longest time that if you uh if you can attack someone's religion you can replace you you can uh, overpower them with government they want to replace god with government that's the problem or that's what this is all about the left and i would like to th- i would actually think that there's a lot of people on the left that don't even know that they are what they're doing. I think that there's a lot of people that show up at these events and they're not even thinking on, on another layer. They're just saying our friends are telling us to go out there but and, and wreak havoc on people's lives, chip away at the fa- foundation of our country, you know, trying to politicize the courts in such a way that make them legislatures. You already have someone like Chief Justice Roberts doing that. Chief Justice Roberts is a dissenter a dissenter dissenting vote. Uh because you have Barrett and Gorsuch, you have Alito and Thomas and uh Barrett. Uh, let's see. No there's five. Um but Roberts is one of the four. And he is um you know, he is uh basically trying to be a whip in the Supreme Court, like a like a whip in Congress, whipping up votes. And if it was up to him he would probably make that a some sort of new legislative body. And so, you know, Tucker Carlson put together a really good uh opening and I would like to share it with you. Uh, because he he really hits on us very well with regard to this, this statement here. This isn't just about intimidating Supreme Court justices, five of them, into changing their views on Roe v. Wade. It's about attacking Christianity because Christianity stands in their way. I think he articulated it very well last night. Let's take a listen.
4: A week ago, exactly, an unnamed saboteur at the Supreme Court leaked a draft opinion by Justice Sam Alito explaining why Roe v. Wade ought to be overturned. Now, people went completely hysterical over it, but actually, as a legal matter, Alito's views were not especially controversial. Roe is bad law. Over the past half century, many have acknowledged that, including many pro-choice Democrats, including Joe Biden. So at this point, 49 years in, if you're an office holder who supports legal abortion, the obvious solution is to vote for legal abortion. Pass a law like they do in democracies. It's not complicated. That's how it's supposed to work. But Democrats have no interest in that. Democracy is a tiresome process, and worst of all, the outcome isn't always guaranteed. They prefer what they call direct action, not democracy. So liberal activists immediately set about threatening Supreme Court justices and then attacking Christianity. A group called Ruth Sent Us, which is named in honor of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, posted the home addresses of every Supreme Court justice who is conservative. Why they do this? Well, of course, to invite violence and harassment to get them to change their votes. Then Ruth Sent Us sent this to practicing Catholics across the country, quote, Stuff your rosaries and your weaponized prayer will be burning the Eucharist to show a disgust for the abuse Catholic churches have condoned for centuries. Now, you'd think the Biden administration might have something to say about this. It was all public. Joe Biden purports to be a Catholic. Intimidating judges, by the way, is a federal crime. But no, the Biden administration did not try and stop this. The Justice Department did nothing. In fact, from her podium at the White House, the president's publicist endorsed the coming harassment very clearly. Quote. The president's view is that there's a lot of passion, a lot of fear, a lot of sadness from many, many people, Jen Psaki explained. So the message to Joe Biden's abortion militia could not have been clear. Go forth and terrorize. That's the word from the White House. So that's exactly what they did. Here's the mob this weekend outside Brett Kavanaugh's house. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh is a Supreme Court justice, but he's also a man and a husband and a father, as you just saw. He lives in a pretty normal neighborhood outside D.C., doesn't have a wall around the house. And more to the point, his two daughters are home. So imagine what it must have been like inside the house if you're Brett Kavanaugh or or his wife or his daughters. The people outside didn't care. The woman who organized that protest outside Kavanaugh's house lives right down the street, apparently. She's a deeply unhappy individual called Lacey Wooten Holloway wooten Holloway brought the mob to Kavanaugh's house for a very specific reason, not because she was angry, which she is, but because she wants Brett Kavanaugh to change his views and support Roe v. Wade. She was intimidating a federal judge, all of them were. And once again, that's a federal crime. It could not be clearer. And yet, Lacey wooten Holloway, who bragged about organizing this, was not arrested. She wasn't even scolded. Instead, she was rewarded. Lacey Wooten-Hallway got a glowing profile in the Washington Post. So once again, in effect, our leaders in Washington sent a very clear message to the mob, as they did for BLM. Do what you want. We're on your side. It's not like you're insurrectionists. So the mob did. Look what the mob did to this Christian counseling center in Wisconsin over the weekend.
5: If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. That's just part of the message outside Wisconsin Family Action here, and it continues inside the building.
6: What you're seeing around me right now, this isn't the answer to anything.
5: Also written in debris and glass in her office. Wisconsin Family Action President Julian Appling says the message is clear. It's precipitated by the leaked
4: Supreme Court
5: opinion, right? I mean, it's obvious. Madison police say it appears someone threw a Molotov cocktail inside the building.
4: You're not safe. Now, the Christian Counseling Center had nothing to do with Samuel Lido's opinion, of course. The Christian Counseling Center only talks to women who are pregnant and aren't sure what to do next. They don't make money doing it. They're not Planned Parenthood. They're not getting rich by giving gender-altering chemicals to your kids or committing abortion. No, they're just talking to girls who are confused and upset. Some of those girls wind up having abortions anyway, but the people at the Christian Counseling Center are trying their best to do their duty. They're not doing anything aggressive at all. But because their views are repugnant to the left, their building was firebombed. You're not safe, said the firebombers. Apparently they aren't. So how did the media cover this? Well, here's Politico, which is not even a news organization anymore. Here's how they describe this firebombing. Quote, a fire broke out Sunday at the office of an anti-abortion group in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, a fire broke out. Really? The Hill newspaper agreed. Quote, fire breaks out at Wisconsin anti-abortion group office. Oh, just broke out. According to the police chief in Madison, where it happened, quote, the arson is not considered a terrorist incident. So firebombing with Molotov cocktails, for political reasons, threats left on the wall and spray paint, definitely not terrorism. Let's call it activism because, you know, a fire broke out. So, of course, fires will continue to break out if that's your posture. And they are. And more. Here's surveillance footage that we obtained. Of an attack on the Christian nonprofit Concerned Women for America that's based in Alexandria, Virginia, right across the river from Washington. You can see a man tearing the intercom from the wall, exposing himself, and a lot more. So, this just happened over the weekend in response to Sam Alito's opinion, with which Concerned Women for America had nothing to do. They had no role in it whatsoever, but because they're Christians, they were attacked. The FBI has been notified. Have arrests been made? No, it's not September, it's not January 6th. No one stopped the person who did that. No one's arrested them, And no one has stopped the thugs who terrorized Sunday masses yesterday either, across the country. This was the scene of the Sunday mass in Los Angeles. Uh, respect uh,
2: us. respect, respect us. us. Respect us. Respect us. You want respect respect. Respect. Want attack, yes. As you guys want respect, we want respect too. We want to respect. I, I understand that. Get out of here. Get out of here. just you you. respect us. I, I understand you. you to yourself. I understand. We are, I understand. We we are with you.
4: So, among other things, sincerely, the religious people are a reviled minority at this point in the United States. And the Biden administration has made it its job, its self-described job, to protect unpopular minority groups. There's also, by the way, a federal law that makes intimidating churchgoers illegal. It's 18 U.S.C. 247 for the record. But the Biden administration has no interest in, particul- in protecting this particular reviled minority. They're ignoring the whole thing. That means that churches now need armed guards to protect themselves, but those guards are also now being targeted. Watch.
6: Pay you to take care of people. We f***ing pay
5: you to take care of people. You to of people. never do it. You never f***ing. What are you going to do?
6: F***ing shoot us. That's what they say. You're good. Embarrassing.
4: So, you'd think that churches in Texas would be safe. After all, it's Texas. But no. St. Bartholomew Catholic Church in Katy, Texas, now reports that the tabernacle was just stolen last night. Again, likely in response to the Alito opinion. And this was a scene outside the Basilica of St. Patrick's Old Cathedral in New York City on Saturday. Watch. Any other. Religious center? Any other group of worshipers? Probably not. We wouldn't support it. So maybe you're starting to think this isn't actually about Roe. Maybe it's about something more than that. Maybe it's about something much darker than that. Take a look at what Democrats are doing in Congress right now if you want a sense of what their plans are. This is a real passage from a new abortion bill the Democrats are trying to get through the Congress, and we're quoting. This act is intended to protect all people with the capacity for pregnancy, cisgender women, transgender men, non-binary individuals, those who identify with a different gender, and others.
3: Wow, you see, now that is what it's all about. The left's new abortion bill. This act is intended to protect all people with the capacity for pregnancy. What the heck is that statement even about? That statement is absolutely ridiculous on its face. And then it goes on to say, Cisgender women, transgender men, non-binary individuals, those who identify with a different gender, and others. (laughs) They're gaslighting you, folks. This is all about pushing their radical agenda to that, that is an attack on the Judaic Christian values that are right front and there, front and center with our Bill of Rights, our Constitution. They want to destroy America and rebuild it back up in the fashion that they see. That's Cloward and Piven stuff, folks. That's that's style politics brutal.
4: So there it is. It's not really about codifying Roe, abortions for people who quote need them safe, legal and rare. It's about something much bigger than that. It's about displacing God as the great decider. Democrats now reserve the right to rewrite biology, which is to say dominion over nature. Now they're in charge. So again, this This isn't just about intimidating Supreme Court justices, five of them, into changing their views on Roe v. Wade. It's about attacking Christianity, because Christianity stands in their way.
3: Wow. Now, uh, there's another angle to this as well, and this is the two standards of justice. If you're left, you get away with murder, and if you're right, you can't even jaywalk without being sent to jail for as long as they need you to. Canada is the same. Australia is doing the same thing. These are all globalists that have joined forces and are giving 40 uh, billion new dollars. 40 more billion dollars are going to Ukraine. That's what they're going to be voting on today. I think that they're going to vote on it. I read something about that. But here's the thing. Think about what that 40 billion dollars would buy in terms of baby food. You know, these formulas... uh, are scarce. They're hard to come by. When you, when you have, apparently, you know, when you have these, these, uh, formulas, you don't change them up because basically babies get, s- s- uh, sick in the stomach, get stomach pains. And if you change their diet, uh, and keep on changing it, it it's going to be, uh, wreak havoc on the child's well being. And, uh, So they have to go back and kind of get the same formula, and the formula is not there. So families and communities are getting together and looking out for each other, and that's great. But it shouldn't even be this way. And so, you know, the press spokesperson is up there and saying, well, what would you do? I think Jen Psaki, before she left, said something to the effect, well, what Republicans aren't sharing their plans. They don't have any plans. It's like, yeah, we did. Donald Trump, that was the plan. And then you rig the election, just look at 2,000 mules, and you'll see what was going on there with these smartphones and these tracking devices and all kinds of stuff. We exposed their their, their systematic misuse of Drop boxes, and everywhere they have been had drop boxes by the way, Colorado is the great example in my mind. as soon as Colorado started with drop boxes and uh, the whole you could vote for the whole month and uh, relaxed all of these rules as soon as there was no like person and no ID in Colorado that you could basically just vote. By dropping something off in a box somewhere for thirty days, you could do that. As soon as they adopted and incorporated that kind of voting, Colorado was no longer a red state. It used to be. It was. It became a blue state, and then it adopted all these blue policies uh, of of pot smoking and and a whole bunch of other um, progressive legislation. And now it's become sort of like the Berkeley of the Rockies. You know, that's what they've always called Boulder, anyway. The Berkeley of the Rockies. The Birkenstock wearing, granola eating, you know. It's crazy. But that kind of voting, we need to stop it. And the way that that's that's where I think the value of the Dinesh D'Souza movie 2000 mules is most valuable. I think it's that if we can expose how exploitable these drop boxes are and and how exploitable early voting is and how exploiting exploitable not having a voter ID requirement is. You know, no longer can Supreme Courts that are liberally bent in states even like Pennsylvania, where they have been fighting for voter ID laws, stricter voter ID laws for decades. And the Supreme Court always goes to that point where it suppresses the vote and it has uh, its discriminatory elements. Well, that's just not the case. And here we are suffering from it because we got a radical Biden crime family running the country right now, giving money to Ukraine and laundering the money. It's crazy stuff. We're going to go ahead and take a caller. Caller, you're on the air.
1: Hey, morning, Scott. Good morning. So, uh, you know, uh, why is it? um, Why is it insulting to wear blackface? I don't know. Well, it's insulting because it's, it's, uh, mocking and stereotyping. No.
3: Um,
1: so I see, I see obvious this uh, this transgender as as a form of blackface, you know, these people, uh, you know, I got a cousin who's got a fiance who has a trans daughter, a girl that now thinks that she's a boy. And (laughs) I'm watching this kid, uh, trying to act like a boy. And uh, and I don't say anything because I don't want to insult anybody and cause any problems, but I'm just thinking to myself, you know, this kid is obviously emotionally disturbed. And I'm gathering that the, the mother doesn't really want to uh, dive into that because she fears that it will lead back to her and her relationship with the father. Um, but You know, these people that say that I feel like I'm this, how how do they know that that's what they feel like? Because they aren't that. Right. You understand? It's like, okay, I feel like I'm a woman. Well, how the hell do I know it feels like to be a woman? So I put on a dress and grow my hair long and now I'm a woman. I mean, don't women—isn't that insulting to women? Because most of these trans people, all they do is exaggerate this, the, the negative stereotypes of, of the form that they've chosen. That's all they do. Yeah. I mean, I feel insulted. And it, it, just, it makes no sense.
3: Well, and then you take that to women's sports and all the progress that was made over the last several decades— Uh, And all the sacrifices that were made just, you know, just to advance women's sports. I could tell you firsthand the sacrifices that college wrestling programs have taken uh, over Title IX to create that equity and to push women's sports. And you could say, okay, well, all those sacrifices and uh, overnight, this trans this trans movement is going to crush and destroy women's athletics it's it's a terrible thing it really oh is. yeah it's, even it's, from just it, that it, perspective it,
1: alone yeah it's it's the total disconnect my like uh you know somebody i know is, is a, a staunch feminist but then she supports a, a male female whatever transitions uh competing on women's teams it's just a yeah. And, and why don't you ever see the 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 uh, reverse of that? You know, a, a woman trans- transitioning to male, dominating male sports. <laughs> of course,
3: of course, that would never happen. That could that could biologically that could never happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some strong women out there. I mean, a lot of them you kick my butt. Yeah, but, no, uh,
3: no, that's true. Look at look at the and uh, M- look at the UFC.
1: Um, but yeah, no, what we're talking it's, about it's just um. It- it's like they're they're trying to confuse us. I don't understand what the um, what the end game is for this thing.
3: Yeah, well, I have a where clip are they of going? One. I have a clip. Do you recall a couple years ago? Um, there was this clip of uh, running going around the social media, and it was the Democratic Socialist Convention. Do you recall that? Where they were snapping Are, their fingers and I'm, clapping, and they were they were uh, talking about pronouns and ultra hypersensitive. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, got I didn't that see clip. the video,
1: but I heard a clip of it.
3: Well, I'm going to play that clip right now. <laughs> okay. after you get off. But uh, yeah, that's that's right. that's the clip I'm going to play. It's it's absolutely okay. it, you know. And I oh, By the way, before you go, I uh, I thought that was a joke at first. I thought, wow, that is off the charts, cuckoo crazy. And now it's only been what? Since t- 2019, that's what, about three, four years, uh, three years. And it's real. It's in our everyday lives. It's it it's how far they've advanced this actual craziness. It's a mental well, disease.
1: The thing that frustrates me is that it, it's uh, you're a bad person if you even question it. Yeah. If you even ask this person, why why do you think that you're a boy? You know, you ask a girl, well, what makes you feel like you're a boy? You, you can't even ask that question.
3: You know, if anybody if anybody's dealing with that, I, I really think that there has to be a waiting period. There should be a waiting period. There should be some sort of a, a psychological intervention before medical professionals should be allowed to actually. Mutilate genitals like they do, and uh, they they should not be allowed to do. If you're a minor now, if you're an adult, if you're over eighteen years old, you can do whatever you want. But if you're a mm-hmm. child, you don't know whether that's child uh, grooming or manipulation or child abuse, and and it's it gets into a whole other thing about children being victims of their parents' mis- insanity, right? You know, because this, the, you know, there's, to me, statistically, that person, that woman is one of the senior officials at Disney, who's proud of the fact that she has one child that's trans and mm-hmm. another that's pansexual. And I'm like, what the yeah. heck is going on in your household?
1: Yeah, the mother is proud. She is proud. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. All right, well, I'm going to go so you can say that to it, Scott. Yeah,
3: all right. Take care.
1: Thanks, bye. All right, bye-bye.
3: All right, well, yeah, we are going to play that clip, and um, it's interesting. Let's take a listen. Right, right
5: uh, quick time. point of
7: privilege, quick um, point of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, I- So,
3: So what this is is this is the Democratic Socialist Convention. It The room is filled. It's <laughs> a packed room, and they got a big screen. This is their annual convention— and they managed to get this on videotape, and you know we're going to play the audio, and it's just absolutely nuts, because what was happening in two thousand nineteen here, I thought was the was like something from Mars, and now it's actually become part of our everyday lives, in just three years. How in the world can people buy into this kind of craziness? It's beyond me, really. But let's take a listen to it. Right,
7: right uh, quick time. point of privilege. Quick uh, point of personal privilege. Yes. Um, guys, uh, first of all, James Jackson, Sacramento. He him. I just want to say, him. can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? I'm one of the people who's very, very prone to sensory overload. There's a lot of whispering and chatter going on. It's making it very difficult for me to focus. Please, can we just? I know it's we're all fresh and ready to go, but can we please just keep the chatter to a minimum? It's affecting my ability to focus. Thank you.
1: Thank you, comrade. Okay. Is there a speaker against name, chapter pronouns? Privilege. Pronoun.
2: Point of personal privilege. Yes. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone.
7: Okay. Quick point of privilege once again. Quick point of privilege once again. Hi, James Jackson, Sacramento DSA. He, him. I have already asked people to be mindful of the chatter of their comrades who are sensitive to sensory overload, and that goes double for the heckling and the hissing. It is also triggering to my anxiety. Like, the be comradely doesn't ju- isn't just for, like, you know, let's keep things civil or whatever. It's so that people aren't going to get triggered and so that it doesn't affect their performance as a delegate, okay? Your need to
5: express yourself is important, but your need to express yourself should not trump or over... I see that no one's clapping for me. It could be because I'm not engaging, but it also is because everyone's doing this, and that's really important because those loud bursts of noise, even though this is a noisy space. When we-
3: and when he says this, he's waving his hands up in the air, just like waving them, um, which is what they did at the Oscars for the winner of that movie where there was a, a, a deaf person. And, you know, if you're deaf, waving your hands, that's cool. Um, but this, that's not what's going on here.
5: Can do something like reducing that, that's really important. So please don't clap, shoot up these. We have a lot of disabled comrades, and uh, a lot of those are invisible disabilities. You don't know who it is uh, that is having a more difficult time navigating this space, and this space was not created with all of their needs in mind. So it's up to us modify that space to make sure that everybody is able to move in the ways that they need to move Um, and and additionally with the the noise issue like avoid hissing avoid waving banners, right? Um, because those there's, there's all sorts of things. If you don't know what to do, show up these, right? I'm sure there's lots of ways that we can communicate to each other without needing to rely on something uh, that's going to hurt somebody else. We have quiet rooms that are available. There's a range of options of these, right? Please don't go in that space with anything that's like an aggressive scent, for instance, right? Because we don't wanna put people in stressful situations that they don't consent to, right? And we, there are Um, right-wing infiltrators who are trying to get in here, but it's going to be really traumatic for people if we're not making an affirmative effort to de-escalate each other and de-escalate ourselves, right? Take a deep breath. Doesn't feel better before you say anything? Don't really talk to anybody who doesn't have a creden- credential, especially if you claim to be from the press. You have no idea who that person is. Please do not talk to anybody who identifies themselves as a member of the press without having uh, credentials. Um, don't talk to cops. Don't talk to MAGA assholes. We're almost there, Just uh, this, but thank you. Um, we are going to be visited tomorrow um, by some MAGA protesters. Um, is there anybody here who's done c- abortion clinic escort work? By all means, don't talk to cops if there are cops there for any reason at all, right? Um, and if you do see someone talking to cops, uh, let the marshals know. Um, we, are, we are safe and we are strong because there's power in collective, uh, in collective work.
3: Well, that guy was one of the marshals. He pointed at himself when he talked about marshals. And of course, they're stronger when you stay together. They're stronger when you follow that marshal who's crazy as a lunatic. And somehow, <laughs> it just—I just I just don't understand how anybody could follow stuff like that. All right, we got a couple more clips and then we're going to go through some tweets today if we have uh, some time. But uh, this was... Ron Johnson, he posted this. This was uh, something he said on uh, Kudlow's show. Let's take a listen. That's
2: my understanding of the law, that it's illegal to intimidate Supreme Court justices. And, of course, you know, they, they get their leadership from, for example, uh, Democrat leader Schumer. Now, Majority Leader Schumer, in March of 2020, he went out and he, he, he threatened Justice Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. He said that they were creating a whirlwind and, uh, you know, they would unleash Uh, They wouldn't even know what hit them. Uh, So Majority Leader Schumer has threatened and done the exact same thing that now these protests are just following his example. This is the tactics of the left. It never gets uh, criticized by the media because the media is of the left. Uh, It's reprehensible. It should be condemned. But just like the summer protests of 2020 uh, that turned into riots, Uh, 2,000 law enforcement officials injured. $1 to $2 billion of property damage. But you have the sitting vice president of the United States encouraging people to donate to the uh, bail funds of the protesters in Minneapolis. So I guess I guess protest, riots, violence is okay if it's done by leftists. It's only condemned, it's only prosecuted, it's only investigated if it's done on the right. But that's-
3: and in what he was talking about there is uh, Chuck Schumer saying this.
1: I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. I want to tell you, Gorsuch.
3: So Chuck Schumer threatening Supreme Court justices at an abortion rally in 2020, um, but Lori Lightfoot now has also uh, been threatening people. So she she tweeted out this. Lori Lightfoot from Chicago. She says, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus, I don't know if I got that right, um, community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. So who's us? This woman has to be. This this moment has to be a call to arms. Call to arms. Call to arms. In a city like Chicago, no wonder they're shooting everybody up in the face. Call to arms. When someone disagrees with Lori Lightfoot, she wants a call to arms. Arms. Like what? You're going to shoot somebody? We will not surrender our rights without a fight. A fight to victory. So she's using the word arms and the word fight in Chicago. And she's the mayor of the city and she's wondering why they're shooting each other in the streets. What's the difference between two gangs in South Chicago and Lori Lightfoot? Because if you disagree, You can then call to arms and you can fight. Not talk, fight. Lori Lightfoot, Democrat, Socialist. She talked about the New World Order as well. Uh, There was a great clip of uh, Lightfoot. I wonder if I could even find that. But... um, and meanwhile, while we're while while I'm looking for that, I probably will find that. But um, where she was talking about the new world order in one of her interviews. But we also have Ted Cruz weighing in on this. I want to play this one too. Let's take a listen. This is all about the Supreme Court and you know the whole the whole thing that's going on with. Roe v. Wade, but it's not even about Roe v. Wade. You know, to say it's about that is just basically the title. It's an attack on Christianity. This is a, a becoming a holy war. Uh, let's take a lesson here.
0: And, and uh, Schumer, in all likelihood, will bring back uh, the same bill that that we voted on earlier. That that bill failed. You know, you know it's interesting. He calls it a bill to codify Roe v. Wade, but that's not, in fact, what the bill does. It It is a radical abortion bill, which, which sadly reflects where today's Democrats are. The bill that we voted on last time is a bill that would strike down every reasonable, common-sense restriction on abortion across the country. It would strike down restrictions on partial birth abortion. It would strike down restrictions on late-term abortion. It would strike down restrictions on taxpayer funding. It would strike down parental consent and parental notification laws. And and the amazing thing is that... that Today's Democratic Party on the issue of abortion has gone to the extreme left, like they've done on economics, embracing socialism, like they've done on the border, embracing open borders. You know, you take an issue like late term abortion, only six percent of Americans support abortion all the way up to the moment of birth. That is the position of today's Democratic Party. That is what we're gonna vote on. It's going to fail. He's not gonna get the 60 votes he needs. He knows that, Th- that is satisfying the left-wing constituency in, in, in the Democrat Party. And I gotta say, Maria, we are a long, long way from when Bill Clinton was president in the State of the Union. He said he wanted abortion safe, legal, and rare. Now, I didn't agree with that statement then, but yeah. he was at least recognizing that, that, that abortion is something that he wanted rare. Today's Democratic Party doesn't believe that. They they, uh, openly celebrate uh, abortion as as a wonderful thing. Yeah,
6: I mean, look, uh, you go back to what Andrew Cuomo, former governor of New York, did by saying no restrictions whatsoever could happen until... You know, the ninth month. You also heard a similar sentiment this past week uh, from uh, from Tim Ryan in Ohio. Since we're on the substance issue here, let's stay here uh, because I want you to explain what this draft opinion says. It by no means says that the abortion uh, will be illegal uh, up until a certain point. Right. It's up to the states is what this uh, draft opinion is suggesting T- talk about that because I want to get into other issues, and that is including the the, the bullying and 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 who leaked this to, to begin with, but first, stay on the substance of this right, right now
0: well sure the, the, the draft opinion we don 't know what the final opinion will be, but the draft opinion was written by Justice sam alito and it 's a masterful opinion it, it, it is careful, it is scholarly it is historical. It walks through how for the first 185 years of our nation's history, the question of abortion was decided by elected legislatures, decided primarily at the state level. And and listen, we all recognize abortion is an issue that that is deeply personal, that that is deeply emotional, and it's an issue on which Americans are sharply divided. There are very, very different views on what the appropriate rules should be. And for the first 185 years of our nation's history, we resolved those in the elected legislatures, then in 1973, seven unelected lawyers wearing black robes said, you, you silly voters, you don't get to decide. We know better than you, and we're going to decree the answer for the entire country. And I think that decision in Roe really caused an enormous amount of anger and frustration for the tens of millions of people who, who passionately care about this issue, who've been engaged in this issue You had these unelected judges saying your views don't matter and there's no outlet for you to fight for them. If, in fact, the court does overturn Roe, as you said, the result is not that abortion is illegal across the country. The result is that it's up to the people, that it's up to democracy. Now, that will mean in bright blue states in states like New York and California, at least for the immediate future, we will continue to see unlimited abortions on demand because that's where their elected politicians are. In redder state, well, states, states like yeah, my home state ahead. of Texas, we'll see some meaningful restrictions. Uh, and and the restrictions will vary state for, by state, and they will reflect the values and the mores of the citizens in each state. And, and that's exactly mm-hmm. how the framers of the Constitution intended it. And, and, and Justice Alito's draft opinion explains that, that this returns the issue to the people so that we, the people, can decide what the right answer is.
6: Yeah, I want to move on and and get... We
3: we, we can't have that, can we? We can't have people empowered. We can't have uh, a vote on the issues. You know, and the vote in uh, Texas is going to be a little different than the vote in California or New York. But this is what the founding fathers intended. This is what was so great about Donald Trump. Well, to me, one of his great... Uh, achievements, was restoring power to the people. To me, that was one of his greatest achievements. He had so many great achievements. Foreign policy was a great achievement. Border security was a great achievement. He was getting it done. You know, curbing inflation, raising our GDP, you know, bringing back jobs, renegotiating trade deals with China and and European Union and Canada and leading the world getting NATO to be stronger but without the hyperbole and the, the and the the virtue signaling you know there was so many things the Abraham accords were a direct result from his tough stance against pa- the Palestinians and you can just go on and on his crushing of ISIS People knew that this guy was not playing games. He was doing the right thing for the right people. The people who voted, the people who paid their taxes. He was basically an ambassador to the people for once. And people at BlackRock and Vanguard and in the NATO and the World Economic Forum... And Davos and, you know, all these different globalist institutions and and organizations and groups hated Trump for it. And China, who was eating our lunch, was no longer getting the breaks that they were getting. He was calling out that development status that China was benefiting from. I mean, there's just so many things. You know, I can't help but think, though, too. I remember when Trump was president, and there was just one hurricane after another, one fire after another, and these were all, in my opinion, I I think these hurricanes were were somehow manufactured, because we're not seeing any natural catastrophes under Biden. You know these natural uh, order. You know, and they would use they would blame climate change. Do you remember out in California there was these, these weird heat uh, microwaves that were going on and people were taking temperature and saying, look at this temperature reading. Like it's almost like as if they were engineered uh, eco-crises. And I still think that that hurricane that was going toward Mar-a-Lago that took a hard right, I think that was engineered somehow. And I've always thought for a long time that they had the technology to be able to steer a hurricane through pellets or what have you. Radiation, who knows? I'm not that scientific. But I will tell you that I saw this one YouTube. The guy's been long, cut down. But I saw this YouTube uh, and I talked about it at the time. And the guy was pointing out All of these different things to try to slow Trump down. And when you compared them with the number of hurricanes, and he, he did this, he did the math on it. And it seemed pretty obvious to me that there was something more going on, but it wasn't just nature. Nature didn't have it out for Donald Trump. And they were doing everything they could to slow down Trump's progress. But Trump... Got it done. In any case, let's uh, continue with this. Um, Ted Cruz,
6: get your take on uh, who leaked this and and the process with which uh, anybody could have access to such information. We've got a graphic here of the justices who were nominated by a Republican president, and then the justices nominated by a Democrat president. You were a law clerk for Justice Rehnquist. You know uh, who has access to this. Tell us who you believe. Could have leaked this, or whether or not this is a small pool. And if we're going to find out, there is an investigation underway, correct?
3: Well, it is. It's a small pool. They have four clerks per justice, and it's 12, uh, it's 36 in total. But of the four, it's 36 in total. So that means it's four. Um, So yeah, it's either, it's probably something like, the three liberal judge, judges, what he was uh, insinuating, which would be um, 12. So let's take a listen to this.
0: Correct. So, so let's start off with who has access to this opinion. It is, it is a very small pool of suspects. The court itself is, is, is a small institution. It's a big building, but small institution. In terms of who has access to opinions, you've really got the nine justices— And and I do not believe any justice did that. I think it would be unimaginable for a justice to do this. And then you've got 36 law clerks. Each justice has four law clerks. You might have a, a secretary or a clerical assistant, but realistically, it's not somebody like that because the leaker also knew confidential information about how the justices voted at conference. That is held incredibly close hold within the Supreme Court. When, when I was a law clerk for Chief Justice Rehnquist, the rules were the same as they are now, which is you do not take opinion drafts out of the building. All of the work is done in the building. That means midnight, one o'clock. The law clerks are all there working at their desks. When you finish with a draft, Every law clerk has under his or her desk a burn bag. It's it's a brown and red bag. You put it in there. That burn bag is later sealed, it's shredded, and in fact it's shredded twice. It's shredded horizontally, it's shredded vertically, and then it's burned. That's the level of confidentiality that 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 clerks are taught to protect the decision making of the court. It is almost certainly one of those 36 law clerks and I think it is almost certainly one of the 12 law clerks that are clerking for the three liberal justices. That is a small yeah. suspect pool. Beyond that, mm-hmm. look, you and I have both known a lot of Supreme Court clerks. Many of them are book smart, very few of them are street smart. I'm confident we don't have a master criminal working at the court. I think they're going to be electronic records, they're going to be emails or texts, or there's going to be personal meetings between one of those 12 law clerks. And the reporters at issue here, there are also the Supreme Court has pretty c- serious security measures that designed forensically to ascertain where an opinion was printed, what printer produced it. So so I believe this investigation is going to uncover uh, the leaker, and I think it's going to do so relatively quickly.
3: Well, I just got a text from Terry from Arkansas who said he thinks Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, leaked it. Wouldn't that be something? And, you know, that would be a real problem because he would get impeached and then Biden would get another crack at that uh, Supreme Court with some radical lefty. I mean, Chief Justice Roberts, though, to me, is super compromised. And I wouldn't be surprised if they somebody has something on him where they coerced him into doing it, put him in a trap and then got rid of him. Uh, now that they got a guy in the White House that can get somebody more radically left than him. You know, Chief Justice Roberts has been one of the worst justices ever. Unfortunately, he's a chief justice. And it's uh, just really sad. But, you know, I would not be surprised at all because he's been the one that's been like acting like a whip in Congress, trying to uh, whip up uh, uh, dissent or whip up, you know, strengthen the dissenting vote and change the outcome. And by letting this out and creating this debate, you know, it's kind of interesting. Let's take a listen here.
6: So who do you think it
0: is? So I think it's one of the law, one of those 12 law clerks. And, and and this is, this is the culmination of a multi-year campaign from Senate Democrats to politicize and and destroy the court. And, and and it's had many aspects. It featured Chuck Schumer standing on the steps of the court, calling out justices by name, threatening to unleash the whirlwind that they won't know what hit them if they don't vote mm. the way Schumer wants. That's incredibly destructive to the court. It features Senate Democrats uh, threatening to pack the Supreme Court to add four left-wing justices immediately and grow it to 13 justices. And I think what happened here is you had some left-wing woke twit who decided that that he or she was so upset Mm, that they were going to violate the trust they owe to their justice, to the court, to the rule of law. And, and Maria, it is difficult to overstate just how destructive yeah. this is to the court. It's the most serious breach in the history of our nation. And, and, and it, yeah. the court depends on trust to be able to deliberate and decide. And, and this partisan activist who's going to be caught, yep. who will be fired, who will be disbarred, and I hope who will be criminally prosecuted, decided to destroy the court instead.
6: Yeah. And and the activism continues. I mean, yeah, we, we only have 30 seconds here, Senator. But did you want to say anything about the idea that you've got people outside people's homes trying to uh, bully uh, and, and change, change thinking?
0: Well, that was the intent of this clerk. We've got left wing groups now that have published the addresses of justices. The intent of this clerk was to bully and threaten and intimidate the justices to changing their votes. And I got to say this week, it was shameful that the White House refused to condemn violent protesters threatening the families of the Supreme yeah. Court. It is disgraceful. And Joe Biden used to be chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Joe Biden knows it's disgraceful. He's literally threatening the lives of these justices by the mob yeah. they're unleashing. It's the same thing we saw with Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots where the left embraced them. Mm-hmm. And now really they're embracing mob violence to get their, their, their partisan outcome. Really?
6: Really disheartening. Uh, when you come back, uh, yeah. Senator, you'll have to talk about uh, your questioning. Uh, Anthony Blinken, I thought, was master.
3: Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. And here's the thing.
6: Uh,
3: the, the White House is not saying a doggone thing about it. That's the thing. They are doing the same exact posture they do with Black Lives Matter. And you compare that posture with, you know, peaceful protesters at the Capitol, that was an infiltration by the FBI. That was a, a, you know, an entrapment at the F- by the FBI. And, you know, if they really wanted to do a good investigation there, they would look up Ray Epps. They would find out who the pipe bombers are. And they would uh, bring Richard Byrd or Larry Byrd, it wasn't Larry Byrd, the, uh, the, the, the guy who shot a- Ashley Babbitt to justice. So, you know, please... In any case, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out magapac.org. They're supporting the Scott Adams Show right now. And um, and so go over to Magapac. Find out what we're doing about America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you can. Also, be sure to use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com, Red State, And then also, uh, we are supporting... Uh, sponsored by My Patriot Supply you can get to our page by going to mps.scottadamshow.com and we'll see you next time on the radio bye bye everybody
7: just to bury my kids
0: right up to there.